Welcome to A Pain in the Glass podcast. My name is Bill Shearhart, and I'm coming to you from the ancestral land of the Kettle and Stony Point First Nation in Grand Bend, Ontario, Canada. A Pain in the Glass podcast is sponsored by Canada Curling Stone. Today's topic is almost a rite of passage, certainly a rite of spring passage. And it's my birthday today. And maybe I'm just feeling as though it's time to speak up and say something about teams that decide to break up, go their separate ways, but to continue curling. There are some rabbit holes with that decision. If your team is in that position and you're considering exactly that, splitting up and going your separate ways, although it may be exactly the right thing to do for your team, you want to make sure that you've examined the ramifications of doing so. And that's what this podcast is all about. Let's get at it. It's mid-March of 2022, and certainly in the curling world in Canada, it's that time of year, especially post-Winter Olympic Games, when elite teams make a decision as to whether they're going to stay together for another quadrennial or break up and go their separate ways. Make no mistake about it, there are lots of very sensible, very good reasons for teams to make the decision to do exactly that, to split up and go their separate ways. This episode is about a note of caution. If you find that your team is in the midst of making that decision and to help, I'm going to use something called the team dynamics wheel. And there are five stages to the team dynamics wheel. The first stage is the forming stage. And just by the sound of the word forming, people come together. And they come together for a variety of reasons. Perhaps it's to solve a problem or to reach a certain goal. You may join a group voluntarily. You may be conscripted to join the group but certainly during those early days, you're going to be very exploring, probably a little bit quieter. You want to find out more about the other members of the group. Who's the leader of this group? Where do I absolutely fit into this group? But soon, as the group then gets into the meat and potatoes of the reason for its formation in the first place, you enter a very uncomfortable stage. It's called the storming stage. And again, just by the word storming, it cannot be the most pleasant stage in the team dynamics wheel. There are some pretty tough questions asked of one another, sometimes out and out conflicts and challenges. That stage, if not handled properly, can literally tear the group apart. But if handled properly, it can be a very important stage for the group to move forward and become greater than the sum of its parts. I'm not going to go into more details about the storming stage. But sooner or later, you start to appreciate one another 
for what they can do to help the team achieve its goal. You may still not be very friendly with members of the group, but you know that they're a valuable member of the group and you value their input because it, as I said, helps the group move forward and achieve its goal. We call that the norming stage. You start to appreciate the talents of one another. And of course, you want to get to the performing stage when everything comes together and you move forward and you achieve the goal. But there is a fifth stage, and it's the adjournment stage. And just again, by the meaning of the word, the group decides that it's reached the end of its mandate, it disbands, and everyone moves in a different direction. Well, curling teams fall into that team dynamics wheel. This is the time when the team is going to have to make that decision, whether they're going to stay together to improve performance in the performing stage, or make the decision to split up and move in a different direction. This is where I come in with some thoughts for you. Make sure that this decision is the right one for everyone. Now, as I said earlier, there's lots of really good reasons for a team to realize that it is time to adjourn. I'm going to take you back to a camp that was held at the Guelph Curling Club. It was the start of a program with then the Canadian Curling Association called La Releve, uh, a, a new beginning. There were two camps in the country that were held for our top curlers just coming out of junior uh, ranks. One was in Vancouver and the other was, was just down the road from where I was living at the time in Kitchener-Waterloo and it was at the Guelph Curling Club. Although I was asked to instruct at both camps, I was not feeling very well the weekend of the Vancouver camp, but I did make it to the Guelph camp. I think we had about 30 or 35 young curlers in the camp, might have been a little bit more than that. And one of the guests was a member of the top men's team in the world at that time. And it was the Randy Furby foursome with Dave Nedowin, Scott Pfeiffer, and Marcel Rock. And it was Marcel Rock who was a guest speaker at the camp. And he was really, really good. In his speech to the young athletes, he said the following, and obviously I'm paraphrasing. He said, surprisingly, well, we really have only one really good curler on the team. And of course, he was speaking about Dave Nedowin. He went on to say, well, one of us kind of thought his career was washed up. And of course, again, he was referring to Randy. And then he talked about himself and his front-end partner, Scott Pfeiffer, and he said, well, we're, we're a good front-end, we're good curlers. I think he was being a little bit modest with that description. But then he paused and he said the words that I will never forget. And it's the title of this episode. He said, but we learned how to play together. We learned how to play together. Now, I could spend an entire episode just on that particular topic. There are all sorts of aspects of a team learning how to play together. Most of them have nothing to do with technical expertise. Certainly strategy and tactics, communication, and out-and-out team dynamics. But here's the issue. 
if your team decides to go its separate ways and be on other curling teams, forming new teams, obviously, you must remember that your team, regardless of the talent, you're going to start at square one in the department of learning how to play together. That can take a significant period of time. Teams that stay together and improve learning how to play together, they're going to move their yardsticks down the field. And if you're on one of those new teams, you might find yourself looking ahead at those teams, again, as I said, as they're moving their yardsticks down the field, while your team is back at square one in the the learning how to curl together department. And that's what I want you to keep in mind. Certainly in our country, We have lots of really, really good curlers. We always describe it as one of our great assets. But in this instance, it can be a real liability. So how can it be a liability? Well, it's just too easy to look around. Perhaps there's another person, maybe in the next province, that might be a better fit on your team, might be a better curler. So let's see if we can improve our team by improving the personnel so that we have better curlers on the team. That can be a rabbit hole. We have all sorts of instances of that, and maybe you've been part of that situation where the grass always looks greener on the other side. We let technocentricity get in the way of good judgment. In other countries who don't have that wide base of elite curlers, they find that they, by default, have to stay together. And, not to sound like a broken record, they have to learn how to play together. That gap that's existing right now, that podium gap that's existing right now, part of that is due to the fact that it's so easy in Canada That shiny curler, as I said, in the next province or territory is just, in some cases, just too difficult to turn down. And you get lured in to forming a new team. That's my caution to you here today. Before you decide to break up, make sure that it's for the right reasons. It might be better if you stayed together and learned how to play together. Of course, it is no longer mid-March. It's the beginning of April. I have just returned from the U21 Curling Championships in Stratford, Ontario. Congratulations to the men's team from Ontario, coached by Colin Mitchell, and the women's champions from the Blue Nose province of Nova Scotia, coached by Mary Matatal. Thank you for joining me behind a pane in the glass today. I hope that uh, me jumping on my soapbox and getting this off my chest made an impact on teams that I think break up with the players going their separate ways for not the best reason in the world. This is one sport where you need to learn how to play together. So until next time, stay safe, and of course, good curling.